On the Grindhouse Girls podcast, we discuss all things spoopy, scary, and strange. Some content may be disturbing or graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, Grindhouse Girls friends and fam. Years ago, a nine-year-old boy named Lee Cronin's dad went to a local video store and rented two films, Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. Lee, the youngest of multiple siblings, ended up watching both films back to back. He would go on to say, I was exposed to movies I shouldn't have seen at a very young age, and they dug their claws in hard and clung on. Me too, Lee, me too. Years later, after a successful feature-length debut under his belt, it must have seemed like a dream when he was then approached to write the next installment in the Evil Dead franchise, years after the 2013 reboot sequel never came to fruition. Lee agreed to write the script. When it came to the man saying Raimi himself's advice, he only had two pieces to give to the young director. Make sure they're scary deadites and use the book. Without spoiling too much, we can all confirm that he did both. Of course, today we are discussing Evil Dead Rise, the fifth and newest film in the Evil Dead franchise that first reared its ugly and often funny head way back in the year 1981. The movie premiered this last Friday, April 21st, and has already more than successfully earned back double of its $19 million budget in its opening weekend alone, proving, yet again, that we have to give the people what they want. And the people want horror movies. So think twice about hugging mommy, hold on to your pizzas, and join us and our friends as we have a roundtable discussion of this very special film on this very special third anniversary episode. This is the Grindhouse Girls Podcast. Welcome back. We've had some technical difficulties, but our three guests are here with us to celebrate this momentous and auspicious occasion, and they are sticking with us, and we appreciate it. Why don't you all give yourself a round of applause and introduce yourselves and your background for the Evil Dead. Howdy, howdy. This is uh, Dalton or Infernal. I was on the Green Room episode about a year and a half ago. I think I'm probably the newest person to this Evil Dead movie franchise. Saw the 2013 one first several years ago, and then last year, my bachelor party. I watched Evil Dead 1 and 2 for the first time ever, and I was really excited for this one, being able to at least see it in the theater, so that that's pretty awesome. Hello, Jake Jolly, uh, independent film director, first film Clay Zombies, which Grand House Girls, which I'm a big fan of, uh, uh-huh. kind enough to talk to me about, and... Um, I just watched them on DVD and enjoyed them. Evil Dead 1 and 2. Got to experience Army of Darkness on 4K. And that's my favorite, Army of Darkness. Didn't see the 2013, but saw Evil Dead Rise. And the thing I like most about Evil Dead is the -the over-the-top action and one-liners. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Armand. I'm with The Syndicate uh, Film Podcast. Uh, I was on... I believe two of your episodes two. talking about grindhouse movies. Yeah. So, and you were on my show as well. Yeah. Uh, 
I have a long history when it comes to the Evil Dead. I watched Evil Dead for the first time way back in college uh, on VHS. My friend gave it to me, this nice, beautiful VHS tape of the Evil Dead. And I absolutely loved it. Uh, He loved Bruce Campbell. And then I started to fall in love with him as well. Funny enough, I've never seen Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, Evil (gasps) Dead 2013 until last weekend. In preparation oh. for this, in preparation for this podcast, and I was like, you know, I wish I saw I wish I saw these movies a lot sooner than I did because I absolutely love them. Evil Dead Two is a wonderful retelling of the first film, more budget, more gore, and then uh, Army of Darkness is just this awesome sequel that's just fun. And I do mm-hmm. agree with you, Jake. Probably is my favorite. I have a very soft spot for the first film. And then, yeah, I saw the 2013 reboot. I thought it was all right. Katie, I know you loved it. So I saw your letterbox review. <laughs> I love, I, I think maybe because our last episode, our sidetracks, we deep dive into it. I love that there's a purpose to having a remake. For yes. a remake, it's my favorite horror movie remake I think I've ever seen. Unless I'm forgetting about something that's staring me in the face. But I just like... Much like Evil Dead Rise, there is an undercurrent of some kind of symbolism to it. And I'm like, if you're going to remake something, at least give it a symbolism, you know? I guess, well, well, it is staring me in the face. The Thing is maybe a, is definitely a better remake. But, you know, that's because it's The Thing and it's John oh, Carpenter's yes. The Thing. <laughs> but I was told by uh, a few people that I would be too scared to watch The Evil Dead. For many years, uh, my a now ex was like, it's too scary. You're going to freak out about it. You can't watch it. Every time I tried to watch it, he'd like turn it off on me. So finally, I watched it like on my off day and I fucking loved it. And it was just like, this is great. You can see all the strings, but it's fun. <laughs> Look at Bruce Campbell getting thrown into a bookshelf. Look at him go. This is great. And then I watched the second one and it was even funnier. There's also a musical, by the way, of Evil Dead and it's I the first it. and the second one. Have you it's seen like it? It's like a guar movie. Or it's like a guar, uh, uh, going to a guar concert. It's I had a friend well, that wouldn't see it. Yeah, you have a splash zone when you do it. Like, it's like it is yeah, my it's like a gore show. That. Yeah, it's my dream to do that musical because it is just fucking hilarious. The music's not that lofty, but it's really fun. It's like they have a song that's literally just Cabin in the Woods. And then, you know, they have all the puppets screaming at you. And it's literally just one set of the cabin. And it's real fun. But and then I didn't watch Army of Darkness until two weeks ago before we did our roundup because for some reason it escaped me but Britt I think that was your favorite growing up yes. or your most memorable yes yes so I um I saw Evil Dead for the first time when I was a child as in I can't even remember the first time I watched it because I knew when I was like six seven eight years old I was watching these movies with my dad so yeah I am I am I am Lee Cronin in the fact that like yeah these movies like I I watched them with my dad I love them. It's really stupid. Army of Darkness. I very vividly remember watching it because, you know, the opening line is, my name is Ash and I'm a slave. And I laughed about it for like 15 minutes because all I could think of was Ash from Pokemon. Because I was in my Pokemon (laughs) face. 
Uh, so did you leave your Pokemon face? I don't think I've ever left my no. Pokemon face. I just don't talk about it. Do as any much. of us? No. <laughs> but yeah, that was funny. I did see Evil Dead. I did see the Evil Dead remake in theaters in 2013. It's actually the first time I hung out with my husband outside of work. Um, hey. So that was pretty cool. So yeah, I uh, I love this franchise. I grew up with this franchise. I think it's hilarious. I do like Army of Darkness. I have to say Evil Dead 2 may be my favorite, but I think they all bring something very unique yeah. to the table. I think Evil Dead 2 is kind of the best of everything because it's funny, but it's also the gore is more sophisticated, so it's pretty scary in parts too. And But it is just goofy Bruce. What the? Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell. I almost said Bruce Wayne. Um, it's goofy Bruce Campbell. Um, at his height, um, although if you haven't seen Ash vs. Evil Dead, I have not finished it, but I watched all of season one, finally, and it is very fun if you like Evil Dead 2 and, and uh, Army of Darkness, because it is just goofy-ass Bruce Campbell, just older, and more crass, and cursing more, so, that's, uh, that's good. So, everyone, did everyone get to see Evil Dead Rise in theater? Oh shit, there so. was homework. <laughs> Wait, I was supposed to do that? Hey, I crawled my ass on crutches to get there. <laughs> Look, all I'm saying, all I'm saying is, is I, I, I found someone on TikTok who had Subway Surfer underneath the movie, and that's the way to watch a movie <laughs> on your fucking phone. Oh, okay. Don't tell David Lynch <laughs> on your fucking cell phone. Fake phone. I love that man so much. But I do watch movies on. I watched all of Twin Peaks season three on my Kindle, and you know what? I David Lynch it. is somewhere having an aneurysm. <laughs> I'm, we're going to be the death of him. Like, the way I want to watch movies is the lowest possible, uh, lowest <laughs> possible quality. I want to watch it on someone's like, ha- like cell phone camera, just shaking in the theater. <laughs> Oh, I was gonna ask, uh, what was everyone's theater experience like going to it? Like, how oh, how, how full were your theaters? So we went to Thursday Preview, and okay. it was a pretty full theater. But I was surprised how quiet it was. So mm. you know, because I'm so used when you go to like an opening night or a preview night, you're used to a lot of the screamers and the people who are very vocal during yeah. the films. And I wasn't hearing a lot of that. I wasn't hearing a lot of screaming, gasping, anything. And there. But what I will say, and I know we'll get into this as we discuss it more, I thought the violence was more palatable. Like, it was, like, yes, there was violence in the movie, but none of it really got under my skin in the same way. Usually, usually I can look. That's Taylor. My husband hate the cheese grater part. I loved it. There's always at least one scene in a movie that I'll just be like, oh, my God. And the closest it came was the tattoo needle because I'm scared of needles in the eyeball. Yeah. But that was ruined in the trailer. Well, when I went, so I absolutely obliterated my ankle this weekend um, right before I was supposed to go see it. But since originally this movie was going to stream on HBO Max and then they're like, no, we'll give it a theatrical release, which it deserves. But I was like, dang it. Now I got to crawl my butt. And it was... One of the most painful things. If I if it if we didn't have this scheduled, I would have waited. But I was like, no, <laughs> I'm gonna do this, and it was. I had to rest several times. But when I finally got to the movie theater, got my foot up in one of those comfy ones, I was surprised one how many teenagers were there with their parents. Which <laughs> I was like, okay, I mean, which cool I was parents. like, okay, cool, yeah. But also, it was kind of quiet. Mm-hmm. And except for this one asshole 
who was like to my left behind me and he was like talking oh, during a lot of it and i was like Don't but i was like he didn't around. quite scream it was like a i was like shut what? up yeah. shut up because these are also theaters that you can choose your seating yeah choose the very back if you're gonna talk anyways no but, no because that's where i said don't don't sit in the back don't go to the fucking well, movie I if you want to talk usually i would sit in the back but since i had to i couldn't go upstairs at all i had to like go they let us sit in the like the um wheelchair access yeah. area i was like <laughs> so my boyfriend's like she's on crutches they're like oh here you can sit here there you go but i was like tight thank you um but it was like it was quieter than i expected to and i wish it was a I wish I could have gone on a more packed night, but it probably would have been impossible with I, my physical. I was gonna going say, as as someone who saw Barbarian with that packed audience, <laughs> and I so I saw Barbarian like three or four weeks after it came out, and it was like the worst audience I've ever had because they would not shut the fuck up and let tension be tension. They would just constantly scream and talk, and I'm like. I get you're into the movie and I'm fine with it. Three levels down. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> Be scared. I will say for my audience, um, my theater has a 21 and up area. So um, I've had bad experiences going to hard R rated movies uh, at the theaters where I live. So I bought the 21 and up. So I didn't have some three year old sitting next to me. Yeah. How was your theater, Jake? Oh, gosh. Well, so how was the theater in Ohio? It was okay. I couldn't find any friends to go with me. Oh, uh, no. We would have gone with you. I know you would have. I was there with you in spirit. <laughs> yeah. So I went after work, and what's funny is there was only 10 people, and I got oh. pretty primo seats. Hey. And right before the movie started, these two these two fellows sat right next to me. And mm. I was like, mm. not even a buffer? Like, I don't know if, <laughs> if that's like an old bro code thing, but like, you at least used to get a buffer. It's a least, movie right? code thing. But it was just like, nope, we're, I, I got two new friends. So I kind of <laughs> just did like the semi shuffle, like, you know what I mean? I mean like this. Mm-hmm. And then finally got to the next seat. Cause like, I don't want to annoy, like, I like to pick my drink up and down. I don't want to annoy the person sitting next to me. And I'm yeah. like, anyway, it was, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. That's good. That's good. What about you, Armand? How's how are things in your neck of the woods? Yes, downtown Chicago. Oh, so I went Chicago. Yes, <laughs> uh, Sunday oh, yeah. morning. Um, I was one of five people in the theater that could fit oh. over a hundred people, and oh. I was smack in the middle. Hey. And I mean, it was a lively bunch for some of the kills. Um, because it was it was, nice. it was silent for the most part until certain scenes that will I'm sure we'll get into. Yes. Where they're like, ooh, and I was like, ugh. I feel like I was the only person vis- viscerally reacting. There was one part that was a kill that was funny, and it was also a callback to one of the yeah. other movies. The um, and I was like, and I was like, <laughs> and I like started laughing, and I grabbed my boyfriend's arm. I was like, that's hilarious. And then like no one else was reacting. I was like, did no one else? see any of the evil dead movies Did they not understand? what were you about to say Brittany? oh no it just made me think because reaction and also sunday so we went to bo's afraid sunday matinee oh god yeah <gasps> saturday yeah don't don't, I hate don't spoil it i will spoil it but like 
so for me, it was like five people in there, and it's like a three-hour movie. I'm like, oh, fam! Like, you know, because I'm like, we better be fam if we're going to sit for this three-hour film together. And so I was laughing so much during the first hour, and no one else was laughing. And I was like, oh, oh, I'm that person. Oh, shit. Yeah. But I mean, like, Ari Aster has some dark comedy. uh, It's the first hour. I think there's a lot of dark comedy. So, but I I won't spoil it because I know not everyone has seen it if you're planning to see it. But yeah, that's that was an interesting experience. But yeah, that's but going back to Evil Dead Rise, that's something that I think. When you when you do see the Evil Dead films as a franchise, you do start to notice patterns, and yeah. I think it it's like you almost even if it's a surprise what's coming next, it doesn't really like catch you off guard too much because it's almost like something you kind of seen before, right? Yeah. yeah. So. Although this one, it gave us some new ish stuff. It kind of was a little bit of the 2013 mixed in with the old. It wasn't. It was kind of in the middle. Do we want to do a rundown so we can kind of get in the nitty gritty? Oh, I was I was going to bring up the one thing about my yeah. experience. So he, Jake oh, yeah. was talking about the seating stuff. Yeah. So when I looked on the website for my theater, it had it set where it looked like my seat was going to be like five feet away from the people next to me. And mm-hmm. I got to my seat and I was right next to like a boyfriend and girlfriend. I'm like, why are you making me look like this guy right now? I don't want to be that guy. I will also admit I I I drank a little bit because I was in the twenty one and up area and yeah. I just want to have a good time. There you go. Um, Why not? But I I took a lot of mental notes at least while I was in the screen. I was hoping that it would be empty enough where I could take some notes, but um, yeah. sadly it was not possible. I don't think I've ever gotten to be so empty that I could actually take notes without feeling rude about it. Oh, and see, that's my thing is it's like I can't, I have to write immediately after a movie because I can't write, look up, write, look up because it's also yeah. like, I've talked about this before. And it was interesting because my showing Bo is Afraid had close, close captioning. I've never seen that in a theater before. Um, yeah, Sidewalk will do that every so often. Yeah, I, I enjoy that because I'm so afraid I miss lines of dialogue. But that's something that I, I don't want to miss a moment in the movie. So I'm like hyper focused when I'm watching a film. Yeah. yeah. So I guess we're going to say we're going to run down what this movie's about. If, if listening audience, you guys have not seen it yet, we're going to get into spoilers because I don't think there's much of anything we can talk about without getting spoilers. Yeah. So I did write a little one. Do okay. you want me to do it or you yeah, want to do it? You can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very short. But if you want to go see this movie, it is now in theaters. And I'm pretty sure because it's a Warner Brothers film, it will be on HBO Max probably pretty soon. So if you do not feel like getting your booty into those theater seats, they have made their money back. So I guess, you know, it's up to you now if you want to just wait until it comes around. So just a little rundown if you're um, deciding if you want to watch this movie. Faced with a life-changing decision after months of being out of touch with her family while on the road, Beth surprises her sister Ellie and her three children, Danny, Bridget, and Cassie, all spelled differently than I thought they were going to be spelled, by the way, to ask for advice. When a quake unearths a volume of the Book of the Dead, or the Necronomicon, all hell breaks loose and this reunited family starts falling apart. Sometimes literally. So that's spoiler Spoilers, spoilers. So getting into it, so I have to it. ask, what did you guys think of the opening? Mm. Back to the woods. I thought um, it set the tone uh, very well, uh, much better than the 2013 uh, version of Evil Dead. 
Because it's just, Daddy, what did I do? <laughs> it's, it's a little bit. All I could think of, though, with the Jessica character was, uh, it's me, Jessica, from the hot chick. Like, no, no one knows that terrible reference. Yeah. <laughs> no. no, no, yes, yes, she is the friend in that, isn't she? Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But anyways, I liked the, um, the scalping. That was cool. That was a cool uh, death. If if I'm gonna if I'm gonna show my hand a little bit early uh, in this, I think my biggest problem I had with this movie is the marketing team may have given away a little bit too much because that mm-hmm. scalping was in one of the trailers. Yes, oh. and I think it would have been more effective if some of the stuff was left out of the trailers overall. But I, I like the opening. I like the establishment. I do like that shot of her rising out of the water. Yeah, that I thought that was a re- Yeah, I thought that was a really fucking cool shot. I in all honesty thought she was like gonna grab the drone and like shove it in the dick bag boyfriend's face or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But she like hits her face on it and I'm like, I know like the mutilation things that de- something deadites do to themselves. But like I was just I was hoping it would like Go back on the boyfriend. Yeah, the douchebag boyfriend. I mean, I guess he kind of got his... Maybe he wasn't a douchebag, because he did go in the water to save her. So maybe maybe we judged him too quickly. I know, I was like, he's a douchebag. But the thing that made me mad when you're talking about the trailers, I avoided the trailers pretty much completely yeah. from... I saw the teaser Uh-oh. when I saw okay. Infinity Pool. I saw the teaser. Or before that, maybe? Um, and I think so, it may have been a Bones and All trailer or something okay. like that back in like late last year. It got its first trailer. So that part wasn't spoiled for me. However, before I went to a, it wasn't AMC. It's the other one, Amstar Cinema, yeah. and their little pre-show is called Newbies with an N, and oh, they ruined the Maria cheese grater scene for me. They ruined the cheese grater, and I was pissed. Did that happen to you, Jake? I see you nodding. No, I'm just tired of. of- commercial spoiling stuff yeah it was literally in the movie theater i couldn't avoid it i was like uh, like why would you show that part because like that kill was i mean it wasn't a kill but that part was really cool and i was like and something i have accidentally grated my fingernail like i cook a lot and one time uh the guard slipped so i know what it feels like just a and it does not feel good. So, yeah. like, for me, I was like, ha! But I was like, now it's ruined when the actual movie happens. So, that, that's, what the fuck? That, that's my biggest, like I said, that's just my biggest complaint about this movie was... Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an hour and 37 minutes, and it feels like some of the best moments, not all of them, but some of the best moments were crammed in the trailer. Like, the mommies with yeah. the maggots now line. Like fucking leave that in the movie just like don't put it in the don't put it in the trailer most people who are evil dead fans were gonna see this regardless you didn't have to rope people in because i mean the trailers i got before mine i got insidious Mm -hmm. got the new insidious and then talk to me which personally for me both insidious and talk to me i think talk to me's trailer was a little bit weaker but Insidious is, was intriguing enough to me, even as someone that's not a fan of that franchise, was like, this trailer is at least, like, cut decently well. I'm not going to say, like, I'm interested in the movie, but it at least doesn't seem like it's giving me a whole lot. Yeah. But yeah. it's cool because you actually have a hard character named Dalton, so you should... Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I I was in the theater and it, and uh, Patrick Wilson goes, Dalton, I'm like, what? hello? <laughs> but... 
I was going to say, going back to the opening, I thought there was yeah. two very impressive things right off the bat. So you have that great shot that you have in every Evil Dead movie where it's like the unbodied evil is moving. Like, you know, yes. and then mm-hmm. it turns out to be the drone. And I'm like, oh, that's a cool fake out. Yeah, and I immediately, look, I immediately look over at Taylor because my husband's obsessed with drones. But then mm-hmm. the other great thing is when the cousins in the cabin, she's reading. And much like Cheryl in the original Evil Dead, she's like how Cheryl was able to yeah, do the cards. the cards. Yeah, she's yeah. able to do it with the books. So I was like, oh, that's two callbacks, like, right off the bat. Yes, you can tell that Lee Cronin does very much appreciate Evil Dead. But, like, I feel like... Yeah, it's the marketing that is really the enemy of this. Yeah, and, and I feel like we have that thing. we have that a lot in horror movies too. Yes. They always want to ruin like really good scenes in scary movies and it kinda of takes the scare out of it a little bit. Yeah. Or they rug pull us like Halloween ends. Or a uh, hereditary. But hereditary yeah. was a good rug pull. Well I was about yes. to say yeah. Because no one saw what was coming 40 minutes yeah. in Hereditary. You don't see that. It's almost like Ari Aster had control of what he wanted to do with the movie. I also think the biggest thing with this movie was I feel like the studio had to sell it more. They had to sell the movie more because it originally, originally was supposed to be a streaming service movie. Yeah. yeah. I think what happened with this movie, and I could be wrong, is what happened, like, Prey success. I think Prey and even... To a lesser extent, that Hellraiser movie that came out uh, last yeah. year. I think the studio, also with the WB stuff going on, saw that there is potential and success with these older franchises that you can resurrect. And even with Scream, I would I would add. But I think this movie was trying too hard to get in the theaters. Mm, but they yeah. also showed it to the test audiences and the test audience were going nuts and i think that was the other reason that they were yeah. like well this test is so strong let's take a bet on it and yeah. the thing is is what we learned consistently even for covid if a movie is going to do good it's usually a superhero movie or it's a horror movie every yeah. time every other movie just does not do which is why we see so many comedies straight to streaming now they say don't do well in theaters anymore i that. will say um out of like the effective stuff in the beginning i do like the fact that it didn't seem like they were relying too much on jump scares in that opening mm-hmm. yeah i i appreciated that because they could have really cheaply gotten it especially with her closely looking at the book then looking back then looking at the book i'm like i swear to god if it does a jump scare i'm gonna be upset <laughs> because that's that's not what you should start this movie with and they didn't go there i like that a lot tension. of jump scares at all really? there was a couple, but not... There was a few ancient. later on in the movie, and we can get into that when that comes up, but I think they did a really good job of not relying on cheap scare tactics and doing stuff that made you uncomfortable in moments. Do, do we want to kind of get further into uh, past the intro sure. now? Or? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, unless... I just would like to say, like, from a filmmaking standpoint, it was really smart for them to start with with that scene get some get some action in there i felt like the the reading actually was genuinely creepy i don't know if oh i agree was that a Mm pre-written excerpt from a book or do you think they read yeah it's Wuthering heights from wuthering heights yeah because she was reading the same book it was it was good and um, so good so i was gonna say that that was smart because my favorite horror movies kind of make you forget i think that that you're you know it's a horror movie even though we knew we were there but to introduce us to the family, like right after that, and give us time to like them, but we got our action a little bit for him. Yeah. So I was like, I thought that was really smart. But that's yeah. that was my two cents. It did. It set the tone, and I want to like I 
the only bad thing about the original Evil Dead is that it doesn't establish characters very much, but that's because Sam Raimi was like, I don't know how the fuck to do that. I just want to have a gory fucking movie because that's all I know how to do. Cause and he, he filmed it in a weekend, so. And he filmed it in a week, yeah. But yeah, no, I love the, so we find out really quick that Beth is pregnant and that's actually yeah. one of the, I, I did not like the pregnancy subplot. Really? Yeah, I didn't feel like, one, it went anywhere. And then two, I, ooh, I disagree. Yeah, I I don't like the idea that like Beth had so spoilers that Beth basically finds out that she has maternal instincts only when she's put in a situation like this. But I also yeah. have I also have yeah. nephews and like I, like here's my thing and my brother already knows this. I already told him I love my brother with all my heart. But if it came between my brother or my nephews, and if my brother ever got in a position where he hurt my nephews, I would totally destroy my brother because I love them more. Like, just, yeah. Like, I mean, that's just how I feel as an aunt. So. I was unsure about it until Cassie asked her, are you going to be a mom? And she definitively says yes. But it literally because just... she's choosing but... to both be Cassie's mom and but... the mom. I mean, I'm, I'm, but she's also choosing. But it, it's literally so. They literally had to attack her stomach for her to finally choose. Most I, most women, they see the pregnancy test and they already kind of have that idea. Now yeah. I understand the idea but, that she wants to talk to her. Sister, I kind of but. wish she had. I. This is really dark. I almost wish like she had chosen not to keep it, and we knew definitively that she had chosen either not to or to, and it kind of left it up in the air until she said yes and. But I, I do think it does give the movie a theme of, because Lee Cronin said it's a f- film about motherhood, and and I I like that it has a little subtext, like the Evil Dead remake. However, personally, I miss the goofiness, I gotta say. After rewatching all Amen. the original ones, I miss yeah. the goofiness. I like I the that, drug addiction one better. Sorry, Dalton. Oh, no, no, you're fine. I think the pregnancy thing, they overplay it also, because, like, there's several moments in the movie where she's holding on to her stomach and all that. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those ones. It's like, we as the audience get it. Now I will say this movie again, going back to the streaming talk, there are moments or scenes where you can kind of tell that this was originally going to be put on a streaming platform as effects wise. There's nothing that's so bad that I'm like, Oh, this is horrendous. But there, there's like a moment here or there. Now, well, uh, should we talk about the family unit that we meet first? Yes. Go into there's Yeah, they're sisters. So Liz, it's Liz, right? Uh, Ellie and Beth. Beth Ellie yeah. and Beth. Or the or the groupie slut, as she's called. Oh, my God. Of the movie. She's no. a guitar technician. God, that like they were shitting on that character so much in moments. I know. Um, Which sucks that makes you she actually... connect with the character. It was uh, also they never explained what Ellie did for work. She was like she's a soldering tattoo artist. Shit. Yeah, no, I always imagine she was a tattoo artist. Yeah, um, oh, well, she was soldering needle. stuff. So I was like, is she like a like? Is she, does she work with? Is she an electrician? Now I have to say this: tattoos. something I really really like is when you're introduced to this family, you understand there's the closeness. Like they're not they're close like physically to each other, and they're close like they have a tight knit. They're a tight knit group, and they live in a small space. And there's a lot of little great setups. And one of my favorites is like Cassie is making Staphne like her little <laughs> thing, which apparently and Lee Cronin's niece gave him the name Staphne. It's, it's perfect. I love it. But her Staphne's mom great. Ellie asks where the scissors are, and she shoves them under the couch, mm-hmm. and you're like, that's a me. 
immediately gonna come into play later. That's oh, a good yeah. setup. So, the needle's a good setup. Mm-hmm. God, yeah. They did at least, I like that all the kids fought with each other. Um, yeah. Although it was a little aggressive. Uh, well, okay, here's one setup and payoff because when she had Stephanie and she was being chased by Bridget, I thought she was actually gonna, accidentally gonna stab because there's a sharp end. I was like, oh god, stop running with that. And then that is what happens later on. And I was like, oh, well, that was a nice setup and payoff. So that was that was good. Yeah. I like also because you can see that Ellie's a very gentle parent in like the way like she's like, well, you get your brother. And she's like, I could have done that. Like she's not like the mom that raises her voice. And when you think about this perversion of motherhood that really happens in the film, mm-hmm. it's what makes it even more terrifying is Ellie is such a gentle type parent. Yeah. yeah. She's a cool mom. She is. She's <laughs> And I have to say, Alyssa Sutherland was born to be this character. She was so she had a modeling background. Hmm. She's gorgeous. Like, she has done acting. Me. Like she was in The Devil Wears Prada, but I think she was probably like a background model in it. It doesn't because I didn't recognize the name of the character. But I, she's like is from the modeling world, and I was like interesting because I think she did a really good. Job. I think it makes sense though the way she moves. There's like a yeah. there's like a almost it's almost like a dance or like a ballet quality to the yeah. way yeah. she animates. She did most of the stunts on her own. Like she that elevator stunt, there's a back um like a behind the scenes video of her like rigged up and they like have padding underneath and they literally just put her up on there and throw her back down. So she did a lot of her own stunts, but mm. all of them did. And it was the pandemic, so I don't think they could get as many people as maybe you could usually. Also, they had to recycle all the blood they used. So the elevator, because they filmed in um, a sequential order, the mm-hmm. elevator is all the old blood they've had for the entire filming process. Wow. Wow. Which is that, that, and so you, you, I think you referenced earlier the, the throwback kill. When I was talking about the CG issue mm-hmm. I had, it was just like they have a shot either it's – as it happens or right after that just doesn't look the eyeball yeah the eyeball it just yeah. doesn't look i'm not saying it looks bad because there's I hundreds of horror movies that look <laughs> worse in this category and it's just one of those ones that out of every kill in the movie that's the only one that bothered me is because i would have preferred it to be practical I feel like maybe it was too dangerous for a choking hazard. And, and That's what I. Oh, no, think no, I'm not talking about the spit. I'm talking about when it gets bit out originally. Oh, oh, there's yeah. that shot. It's like a it, gaping hole. Yeah, it it looks. That's that was the only like really yeah. bad one. But going into like the setup for this movie, I love the way it was set up. You know, the earthquake hits mm-hmm. the apartment as the kids are coming back from pizza. And like they set up, (laughs) yeah, Henrietta's pizza. They um, they like set up the reason the daughter had Stephanie is because they talked about like this bank teller because their apartment they live in it was an old bank Bank building. It was an old bank building, and he talks about how there was like a ghost that haunts it. So Danny's (laughs) a a DJ aspiring, so it sets up why he would be interested in the records too. Yeah, so they set they do a really good job of setting all that up. I think the daughter that's the activist, Bridget, Bridget yeah, Bridget, Bridget is hilariously overbearing at moments <laughs> because it's not that I think the way she's written is kind of like Steve Buscemi. How do you do, fellow kids? At a moment, <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah. Um, so she's going to a protest tomorrow. What's the protest for? We'll never fucking know. But she's going to a protest. Yeah. Because Sign was like, 
keep the earth green or something. I Make can't the really earth remember. Cool again. Yeah. That's what it was. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Because of global warming. Oh, they did tell us. That's smart. But yeah. it took but, all <laughs> I like the fact that they set up Stephanie early on because I thought the same thing as you, Brittany. I was like, oh, is this is this little girl gonna stab her sister in the beginning yeah. of the movie with a stab? Jesus. I was like, son of a bitch. But and then I okay. Was this the most? Hey, don't open this fucking book that we've ever had. Because it was the barbed wire more of that in Evil Dead 2013, yes. or was the basically the Ark of the Covenant with a giant ass crucifix and all the little crucifixes and Saint Benedict's medals that you can listen. If there's medals, there's some shit going on. But it's like, he, what the fuck? If he's not raised religious, he may not have understood all those. Maybe things. I mean, I mean, this? maybe it's the, yeah, exactly. yeah, maybe it's like the you know Catholic childhood that I was just like, no, go away. I love the way they set up the book and how he they get it again i i like all the setup parts to this Mm -hmm. i think they're really well done of course the over the top like yeah there's a lot of religious iconography hey let me just grab this fucking book let me just grab it it's fine it'll be okay also i have to say man whoever stored those vinyls i guess there's some demonic possession on those because those things would be so fucked after however long that apartment has been there and they've been buried in that vault with all that dust yeah and there's absolutely no weather there's no climate control control, no nothing an earthquake just happened these things are actually possessed by a demon (laughs) I mean, I just have a couple laser discs that when I played them, they get to the end and they start fucking up. So I mean, yeah. and they're only like twenty years old. So, oh no, they're like thirty years old now. Gross. Anyway, they're older I did, than me. I did love the Necronomicon in this though. The imagery in the Necronomicon was so good. It was it go. was spooky. I like that you had to sacrifice blood to open it. I was like, that is a good idea that even the Necronomicon was like, no, you have to actually mean it to read out of this. And then I was like, but he still did it by accident. But I was like, I mean, they did have a failsafe, whoever wrote the Necronomicon. So it's not like, like you could really just stumble upon it, really. There was so many warnings. So many, Danny. Also, why didn't he have headphones on when he was playing it? Like that would be my thing is like headphones. He has those awesome uh, speakers. He's got the, yeah, he's got those real uh, those speakers that he has to play it through. And like, did anyone else in the apartment hear this shit and go, "Hey, uh, yes, nobody heard it." <laughs> yeah, yo, that shit doesn't sound right. <laughs> yeah, did you know um, that Bruce Campbell is the person who plays the priest? Oh no, he's the one who on objects. the record. He objects what? to it. Okay. Oh no, no, he's not no, the no, priest. No. He objects Same, to it. No, at South by Southwest, they said that was Bruce Campbell. No, I read that it was just that he's the one that's like, don't read it, don't read it. It's 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 still for a reason. Like he's the screaming guy. Oh, on we, record. Uh, he's definitely I'll, on the record. Yeah, he's definitely but on the record. I thought at the South by Southwest uh, thing they said that he was the priest, but I didn't go they back. They credit the three priests in the. They credit the three priests in the in the credits, and it what Bruce wasn't one of them, and he had uncredited camel. So I read it was his voice that screams. Uh, oh, okay. If anyone else has read, I could have misheard what they said on the South by Southwest. It, it's secretly the Ash cam- cameo in this movie. He's right. going, don't do it. Yes, I thought he should be it. the man with the boomstick. I thought he should have been the boomstick guy. I was like, this would have been a perfect cameo for him. Uh, I was going to say, 
Yeah. The, uh, sorry, I think you misstated a uh, body count. Because <laughs> oh. oh, they introduce they they like run through the neighbors real quick. They're like, yeah, oh, yeah. there there are other people that live here, but like they don't matter. They're just like future dead people, and <laughs> like you have oh. what is. Is it Gabe or Gabriel? Is Gabriel, the Gabriel. Gabriel, which obviously he's the religious guy. He's the religious guy who, when they think accurately, says a Catholic prayer. I was like, that is actually the right one because nothing bothers me more than when someone inaccurately says something religious or like when they do the sign of the cross, where they do it with the wrong hand <laughs> or the wrong shoulders. I'm just like, there. It's not that hard to look up. And like, oh my god. What's interesting is. Accurate. And I could be wrong. This is like the first instance of like religious anything in these uh, films that are like in comparison to like the Necronomicon. Because like Evil yeah. Dead, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, there's no real religious stuff in it. Yeah, we don't have Benny and the mummy going all the medals. The power of Christ to, compels yeah. you. We don't have that. But in this film, it, it's uh, it's there. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. But it like, does shut. Yeah, we don't, we haven't, that's something new that the series hasn't really explored. Yeah. Well, they they have the monks, and then they also have the St. Benedict medals, because that's, like, the one of the first monks was St. Benedict. And I was like, that's cool. Also, he's supposed to protect you from evil, too. The medal, specifically. Hmm. And I liked that. I did like that, like, he was trying to do something good with it, hmm. and fucked up. But, I mean, that's kind of what the other, the professor in the original Evil Deads did, yeah. too. Was... I will say with Dan, with this is very interesting, because all the other ones, it's like friends. Like, yeah, in the remake, we have Mia and her brother. But in mm-hmm. this one, it's actually family versus, like, a group of friends. And Danny does actually, everything happens, he's doing it out of love. Because he takes, he's like, maybe we could sell these because mom needs help. Yeah. And I thought that was, like, a really bittersweet idea, too, was that, like, Yes, like, the the records were part of his interest because he wants to be a DJ, but then also there was the idea of we can help mom because dad just left. And he did take some responsibility eventually when two out of four four family members were possessed. He was like, oh, this was my fault. And and we find out that, uh, that, like, Beth has been on tour for the past several months and Ellie has called her to tell her that, like, that her husband has left her, the the father to the kids has left, oh and they have like a brief spat about it. It's one of these things that felt really weird in the moment because yeah. it was it felt like uh well I'm mad at you okay now we're chill like five minutes later it was like it, it felt again it that was one of those moments where it's like they used it for setup to get the kids out so then Danny could go get the records because that's when she sent the kids for pizza was when they had that discussion but i thought that moment kind of was a little unnecessary like having that just uh, a moment for them to fight about almost nothing well and they could have taken that moment to have beth actually be able to tell her hey i'm pregnant what do you think i should do they could have had that discussion or she could have freaked out and been like oh i can't even i can't do this on my own you like how am i going to do this on my own like you had Jake was that the husband's name? Was it Jake or Jake Jay? I think it was Jay. Maybe Jay. Yeah. I think. Which also that was just weird because it was just like, oh, you and Jay have been here forever, and then they're just everyone's like, oh, he's gone, and I was like, what happened? Like, yeah. I would have liked to know what happened. Like, it would have been like a funny thing if it's like, oh, 
that was the guy that we saw in the intro was the ex-husband. <laughs> that would have been like a, a good little thing to see, but he's no, it's just, yeah, he, he's, he's just not here. Yeah, yeah, he's just not there, which almost, I almost wish that maybe like he just had never been there because that felt like he already had the issue of I'm pregnant. I don't know what to do. I'm going to go ask my sister because she's a mom. What does she think yeah. I should do? It was a little bit like girls got to fight. Sisters fight. You know, and it was yeah. like, ah, you know, it was a little bit, yeah. Yeah, it was like they wanted to create tension between the sisters, and there, there's implied tension or, like, some kind of childhood trauma that happens, because every time they reference their mom, it's like, and they oh, never and they, they make elaborate. it like, they, yeah, they never elaborate. So there's, like, never. a tension there, but to keep that runtime and that train just, like, you know, going, 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 they don't really, they, you, you like the characters, but you don't get a lot of background on the characters, per yeah. se. It, again, it feels so expedited almost. It, it feels like we want to give you enough about these characters where you care, but we're not going to give you enough where you just don't. I don't feel like you get enough character. You don't get enough character from the, the other siblings where when stuff happens later in the movie, I don't yeah. feel bad. Like, yeah. And it's a real shame because it's like, I actually like this family unit. I like this family dynamic. Yeah. I like the family that is you know living in a place that is about to be condemned they're literally talking about they have to be out by the end of the month and you know um they don't have a place to live yet. ellie's like yeah we have to pack you know that's like something that they're said not after that fight. At all. They're yeah not they're not packed, packed and i'm like dude i moved i just moved in september i gotta say y'all have how long to move it took me like three weeks to get moved <laughs> and you're gonna move and find a place Jeez. you're gonna move four people <laughs> in, in that this economy and Jeez. one of them's a little kid dog that ain't happening <laughs> jake you've been quiet what do you, what did you think yeah. about do you think did you like the family did you hate the family no i i don't i don't really agree i mean for a movie like this i feel like they gave us enough to care i, I agree like, with you jake thank you sir yeah I, and I mean, I don't know if I put too much of my own experience into it, but it was like uh, I've been there before where uh, I found out someone I really cared about was going through something and they needed me. But like I, you know, so like I kind of related to that. And um, I don't know, I think anybody who's like really close to a sibling, I think, would get instantly pulled in with, uh, with, with, they, with their, what they were doing. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I get what you guys are saying, but for me, I I felt like they they did enough to keep me entertained and care. I will say the kids were nice and realistic and like natural, because sometimes yeah. you get there's it's very hard to find good child actors, especially in horror movies, and like they seem to actually genuinely like each other, yeah, and fight like siblings did. Which there was, was enough good. setup that allowed me as the viewer to care about this family. Like, yeah. the, the horror elements didn't occur until, like, what, 30 minutes into the film? So we had 30 so. minutes of, like, building up this rapport between the family members. And I was like, huh, I actually care about these characters. Unlike yeah. the 2013 version, where it's just, like, you're thrown into these characters. And it's like, it is really oh, quick. my sister's a junkie. We have to get her clean. It's like, I've okay. known these people for, like, five minutes. Spoilers for the 2013 <laughs> version. But the thing that still pisses me off, I'm like... You introduce the dog to kill it. Like, that is, like, my 
biggest thing. But, but the cat lives in this room. It does. The cat. Does I thought survive. the cat was gonna die when she looks in that vent, and I was like, oh yeah, no. I thought you were gonna hear like, and the cat was fine. But, I was like, but oh you, my god. You bring up so you bring up like the the introducing care like the dog in that one, but that's what it felt like with the side characters in this one, like like the little boy they're like yeah here's a little boy character you oh, know what? what size body bag does he need i just i want to go ahead and get the measurements <laughs> now the boy died in the hallway i was like who's that i don't remember yeah that yeah he was he was with uh he was with he was with jake he was with yeah. jake his brother because they were watching they were watching nightmare yeah. on elm street and wh- what is it the little boy says something along the lines of like yeah okay. even the bad ones and the older brother jake goes there are no bad ones and i'm like yes there are there are absolutely bad ones i do have this feeling about scott the child and it's because so i had this feeling and i don't know if you guys did too but i thought for sure they may go there with danny and bridget and kill them and i was right but i was like cassie seems untouchable to me because of how young she was yeah and i thought scott was the haha we will kill a child we're just gonna kill cassie i did like that they made the kids deadites because i wasn't yeah. sure that they would go there i and i was getting worried that it was going to be like a four of us against one i was like ah but this isn't dead by daylight y'all Come i on. will <laughs> say like the through the fur the, the peephole was like you know especially the scene in the hallway when yeah, ellie like goes after him stuff. i love that and the thing is when scott gets thrown across and his arms are missing i was like oh my god oh, yeah shit. that was like, like he gets I did. fucked but up. then i, I yeah. was hysterically laughing because mr ford comes in with, with a gun and he like shoots her and she goes off screen i'm like this is like this is like top tier it was i like i like the fisheye lens yeah. i love i loved how she did trick cassie but missed opportunity she reaches the arm through and they should have shut the door on the arm and it should have come off and then it should have been chasing them around the apartment am i, I the only one that was upset about that? i thought I was it was sad. about to go there at one point you know what the fisheye lens stuff reminded me of though it reminded me of like a 2000s uh dvd like screensaver or whatever like this is what you would see like you like (laughs) you would see this just like while you're idling on the main menu of like you know scott flying across the screen and then (laughs) and then you know uh then um yeah then ellie like attacking gabriel or and stuff like that my favorite favorite of the fisheye shots was when she goes the youngest daughter goes to look through mm-hmm. and her back is too oh and yeah she's just like oh, oh yeah. you're, you're finally there like i actually thought that was creepy yeah so like, and then wow. she's also oh, yeah. like your dad's here and she <laughs> yeah. talks to him off screen. oh god that like, seems <gasps> so mean yeah that that so like funny. i i do love the fact that they're like the dead eye in this movie uh the main dead eye is such a all of them are mean-spirited but especially the mom yeah it's it makes it makes that just so much more terrifying it's like oh yeah it's like this really nice sweet parrot you see and now you see the contract parasites yeah that was a great they thought that was gonna get cut from the movie apparently but i uh, loved it that was like the best titty sucking parasites like oh fuck my (laughs) That is bad motherhood, definitely. My favorite moment of the movie, and this is something that sadly I think the trailers gave away, is the glass swallowing scene with with Gabrielle. The line where she looks and at uh at Beth and says something like along the lines of things being in my tummy, do you? Oh, 
Oh, that scene was so fucking creepy. I was like, out of everything else in this movie, I don't know what it was about that scene. That scene made me squirm. Not even the glass. It was the line. <laughs> but now I could hear is, eat glass. Mm. From Shit's Creek. But you know what? I think you're right, Dalton, with that scene being ruined in the trailer. It like, because even in the trailer, it shows the glass sliding down her throat. Yeah. And it doesn't. Oh, and it, it does open. Yeah, but it doesn't bit. really pierce it, and so yeah. I. That's what it kind of took the suspense out of that scene. I didn't know it was going to happen to Bridget, but I knew it was going to happen at some point. And that's why I don't watch trailers anymore. Mm-hmm. I just can't do it because I didn't. That part was not spoiled for me, and I was that part did make me go. Uh, uh, uh. Br- Bridget, I'm the only one I didn't know this movie even existed until last week. Oh, well. G- going back to just the the kids becoming the uh, deadites in this, um, I think the makeup, uh, like the scene where um, Bridget transforms, is also it's mm. pretty gross because they like show in the Necronomicon, you know, someone like vomiting up something, and like it mm-hmm. cuts back to Bridget, and she's like vomiting up bugs and then her eyes like start to gush like black blood and her mouth Mm -hmm. starts to gush black blood i was like that's a hell of a transformation scene because i love the way it just starts with that little nick on her cheek yeah and it just yeah well you don't know she's licked it that's the thing they don't they don't show the mom lick it because the camera cuts away at, at like right before and you're like oh cool um beth saved her She's fine. She's going to make it. This kid's not going to get possessed. And then he just cut to it and it goes, and you're like, oh, fuck. Because now you're in with it. And it's, I do like that they made kids deadites. I mean, and they weren't too young. I feel like if Cassie had been a deadite, it would have been kind of silly. Yeah. It's hard to get that scary. I don't know. You have to have the right kid for it to be real scary. I misinterpreted that. I thought that was like tattoo ink. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah i thought it was too because it's like she tries to get the tattoo in the eyeball and bridget turns and she, it goes across yeah but then the black stuff starts see that's know, what I, that's what i was thinking of was was like, out. Well, i think tattoo. that's i think that's what it's supposed to be is it's supposed to like throw you off you're supposed to think oh there was just ink on that needle and then it comes oh she got her yeah. And again, it was just that instant of it just shooting across her face. And you're, if you've watched one, you've seen it before, and you're like, well, oh, this is about to be real bad. Yeah. yeah. Now, did you guys like the makeup of the Deadites in this one better than the 2013 one? Yes. yes. Um, so much better. I think, I think they're pretty good, m- minus the. Not the main cast, but the extras. The extra deadites, I think, are just... They're okay. I think the main people... um, I think Ellie and uh, Bridget and Danny, all of their deadite stuff looks really good. And the other ones, for obvious reasons, aren't as intricate or coolly designed. Yeah. Well, then we get the Marauder, which is what they call the big... Okay. Resident Evil. That's like, my reference. issue. That's you don't my, like it? I don't like that one because if you're it? speaking of Resident Evil, and I don't know how many of you guys are like Resident Evil diehards, but I'm like, it should look like William Birkin's second transformation. So instead of the three heads together, there should uh, be like an eyeball here, an eyeball here. Like uh, I didn't like the three heads together. 
I thought it was too much to say Frout. I thought they it, want the Lovecraftian Frouts. Yeah, I yeah. It. I was like, ah, oh, this is a horror beyond our imagination. I know. Also, I'm gonna there was a society me. reference too when they put the hands in her body, like yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's so like, clunky looking to me. Like when it moves and stuff, it doesn't look to me. It wasn't scary. It kind of looked just weird to me. Have you know what a three-headed abomination? Did it I, move differently in real life? See, and this is where it's like the love of Resident Evil comes in. I'm like, it needs to look like some of the tyrants out of Resident Evil. It would have been a lot more scarier to me if they I, had done something different with the design of it. It reminded me of Slither. Oh, okay. specifically, yeah. s- specifically the the girl. I, I I haven't seen Slither in a very long time, but the the girl they find in like the house, the the one that's like really big at the end of the movie. That's oh, what it almost yeah. reminded me of. I wish it would have looked a little bit more slimy. Didn't look slimy enough to me. I, like John, you know, I'm I'm a huge fan of the thing by John Carpenter. I'm like, I don't know. It feels like it should be like more fleshy and wet. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I can see that. I did like the the elevator filling with blood in the Shining reference. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. Was kind of, that was nice. Oh, my God. There's a part in that movie, in that scene right after they get out of the elevator. So I'm a former haunt actor. Mm. That little girl, they cut down to a down angle shot in her and she has the fake blood in her eye. And I'm sitting there going. How is she acting through this? Me as a grown man. I have gotten that kind of blood in my eye before. Like. That shit hurts. It hurts really bad. And it's like all in one of her eyes. And I'm like, maybe it was uh, CGI'd. No, no, it no, no. it it was not CGI'd. I can tell no. you just because you can like you can see it. It's not like all over. It's just splotchy. And I'm like, that got in her eye. That got in her eye. And she just she just powered through it. Kudos to her, man. Apparently she was very professional on set. They were saying that they had a swear jar for her because they were afraid they were going to... And they all lost. Um, but they were like, she was actually very professional, more professional than anyone else on set. So I was like, she probably was just like, I'm going to power through. She only had like, what, one or two movies? Maybe just one before this. Yeah, she had two movies before this, so good for her. See, I love the reference to The Shining. Like, any horror fan is going to be like, oh, The Shining, you're going to think of it. I love it, but does it, like, you have to suspend your disbelief on how and why the elevator just starts filling up with blood. Like, why? Well, well, there's the whole light bulb scene in the first Evil Dead where the light bulb just randomly fills with blood and then explodes. Or the the 2013 one where it it literally used... Yeah, it, I think, I don't know if 2013 still holds the record, but I think for a while at least it had the most uh, fake blood on set ever used. Oh, yeah. But that was because originally it was supposed to rain and then there was a bunch of gore and then they were going to make it an NC-17. So they said, well, what if the rain is just red like blood and then nobody can tell the difference? And then the censors yeah. were like, I guess you get an R rating then. So, but it is like, and they there is kind of a reference to that too, because when the blood splashing all over, when they're killing the marauder and the blood splashing over the car window, a Buick, <laughs> um, then you know that's it was a cute reference. It wasn't the exact Buick, but it was enough of a Buick. Oh, uh, and then it wasn't the exact one. I I couldn't really or, tell. I was having a hard time. Or when Beth stands up on uh, the car and says, "Come get some." Yeah, and then they throw a fucking chainsaw at her. That yeah, was great. 
that was a subversion you know expectations subverted definitely yeah right sure well they 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 don't ever try to make beth a badass because they don't like i'm not saying she's not a badass but they don't try to like they she's don't try mary to over sue. yeah there she's not a mary sue she's not even an ash from the you know the second one and even then ash is still like a goofball she's yeah, not like yeah. the girl from 2013 where you know she becomes a badass at the very end i like the fact that she is fighting for survival that is all she is fighting mm-hmm. for it is for her and and cassie that's it that's and she that's, does actually make the choice to save cassie she could have gotten the fuck out of there yeah she's a shitty person though well, but, and, and i mean are we all gonna sit there and be like no no she's not gonna go back and save the kid she's gonna fuck off it's like no she's going back to save that kid and also i like the fact that cassie does have a help at the very end of just like yes. she's about but, to get thrown in the wood chipper and they turn it off yeah but also she turns it off and then she turns it back on but then she also hides because she's losing her entire family yeah. And, like, they don't pretend that it's not affecting her, which well, I yeah. like, because that would, there are some kids in these horror movies where they're just like, I'm a badass, and you're like, that would probably affect you a lot. That's a lot of trauma, young child, or yeah. even an adult, it would affect them traumatically. That's for the future, like, and they're not in the future right now, so they don't care. <laughs> That's for his future Cassie to figure out yes. in therapy. I will say, I think my, I think the thing that I do like about this movie is it doesn't overstay its welcome i would rather be left wanting more or a potential sequel or even a new you know a new set of characters we follow in the next one instead of yeah and that's that's kind of my worry is it feels like especially since 2013 2013 did so well and was such a good and fun movie Mm -hmm. and then they just let it die and well then they don't breathe well, they uh, let's not talk well, about I mean, that. Let's not talk about that <laughs> franchise. Let's just let's just leave that franchise alone, especially the second one. Fuck the second movie of that I, franchise. I didn't even want to watch the second one. I don't because no okay. one else did. <laughs> <laughs> I wish in some way if they were going to keep this almost serious tone and not go goofy like the, you know, Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness and Ash versus the Evil Dead. I wish that Mia had been Beth or something or yeah. Ellie or something. I was like, connect them to something because it just feels like they just keep restarting well, the same franchise instead of continuing it, in my opinion. I think a lot of these movies, the biggest reason I can imagine why they back off is because even 2013 was so effects heavy. Most of them nowadays in most studios want to make the ghost movie nowadays and i'm not saying all studios but the ghost movie's cheaper and i don't i don't mean that an insult well it's you can it's easy to throw a fucking chair around in the first act and then have the chair fall apart in the third act and and this is not me yucking everyone's yum that likes those ghost movies but (laughs) it feels like these movies and even with like this rebirth of slashers we've had in the past few years, I know Scream has done well, which is good. I'm happy that those are doing well, but it feels like they're scared to invest more because of movies like Paranormal Activity and The Conjuring coming out, where you don't have to do a whole ton to make the movie scary. People yeah. are just innately scared by it. That's why like a movie like Barbarian doing well last year was awesome because it had some really good effects. It had some good scares, 
but it was also still lower budget. Yeah. And I think that's a, what a lot of these studios want out of horror now is they want a minimal budget to maximize profits. It's sad that we're in this state of like, could an Evil Dead movie with a $50 million budget or a $30 million budget do well? Probably. But yeah. does a studio want to invest that on that? You well, know? you've got Blumhouse because they're the ones who are investing very little in these movies. Yeah. And then they make a lot of money, which you can do so much with a small budget. Like, there are plenty yeah. of movies out there that have a very tiny budget and still are fantastic. I mean, the original Evil Dead, yes, you can see the duct tape being held together. But you know what? It made it history. And um, it works. But we're also underestimating what decades of a franchise can help do, too. Yeah. So you're having fans that, you know, like my dad, you know, saw the original Evil Dead in 1981 before I was ever born. And so, like, he's going to return and see these movies, like, 40 years later. So we do have people do that. And, like, me seeing Scream when I'm seven, I'm going to watch all the screams. So I do think, like, there's these lovers of franchises. And even, like, Friday the 13th, oh, my God, if you want to get my brother on tangent, bring up Friday the 13th. Because they were supposed to make a Friday the 13th movie a couple years ago. But Rings, the sequel to Ring, the Ring did oh, so, so bad. bad. It, it so did bad. so bad that they canceled the Friday the 13th movie, and oh. he still is so upset about it. So you do have those diehard fans out there. But he does oh, yeah. have a video but game. I mm-hmm. think the clear difference is Evil Dead, you could jump on me, is more of a cult classic rather than a successful franchise. If you look at the track record of the Evil Dead, it's like Evil Dead, 1981, and then he essentially rebooted his own movie Six years later, and then Army of Darkness was like uh, four years later, and then you got the TV show. Twenty years later, it's like like there is an audience, but it's not like a huge mainstream audience that you would get with with like Scream, Friday Thirteenth, Halloween. That these juggernauts in the horror space. This is like a very niche thing, and it's like a studio is like, do I want to invest? all this money into this project that well, but, might not get a return. But Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell and even Rob Tapper to a point who all still executive produced this movie have kind of stayed in the background of all the evil dead franchises. Yeah. Also they've dabbled in everything else. Sam Raimi did the best Spider-Man trilogy. I mean, let's face it. I'm just kidding, but I love it. But you know, like, you know, Wait, I'm I'm going to hold my tongue until the, the next two Spider-Verse movies come out, because that could dethrone them. Yeah, it, it could. Oh my I mean, God. personally, though, seeing Tobey Maguire go all emo in the third movie in theaters will never not be They should have just set that scene me. to MCR, though. I think that was the only way it would have been better. Oh, yeah. Well, there's still time. You can still there's make still that time. edit, Dalton. I, I'm good. Put it all over the TikToks. Jake, you know. I have to know your opinion on yes, this. Yes, how do you feel about... I think there's you? a lot of good points made, because... Bruce should be a star. Like Bruce Campbell should be an A-list celebrity. He's, he's got, in our hearts. He's got the chops. He's got the looks. Like, and that's kind of the sad thing. Is I think um, I think I think that's a good point. Is they were mostly cult classics. I think they're gaining traction, and I think the horror community community as a whole is going like a lot more mainstream, bringing people in from all types of new backgrounds and stuff, and and getting Bruce more fans and stuff. But yeah, I do think uh, I do think that's a good point. But I think ten million ten million dollars you can make a nice movie. You can make you can make a very nice movie. I just I just went to an independent film the other day. They only had like forty oh, thou, yeah. 
and they had you know some uh, cool 80s horror icons in it and stuff and <laughs> it's like you don't yeah so to me like another 10 million dollar evil dead or whatever they want to do they can they can make it good they don't have to that's kind of the death of the box office is everybody thinking everything needs to be like a, a perfectly made a hundred million dollar cgi oh, no. with a full cast of celebrities and like this movie proved we don't need a full cast of celebrities we don't even really need one recognizable face i prefer it with horror movies especially because it immerses you in like a more real world situation because you're not just like there's brad pitt walking around there's robert downey jr right. iron manning around well it's there, there was. I mean, look at look at a lot of these movies over the past several years that have had these massive budgets that have flopped. Look at a movie like Ridley Scott's The Last Duel, where he oh, he sat there so he he sat there and complained about it, and it's no like, one will hey, watch my long terrible movie. Oh, hey, God, you want to watch my new version of Gladiator that it has none oh. of the charm of Gladiator? It's actually, it's actually Akira Kurosawa's Rashomon, but you know, yeah. but also, no one has the same accent. Somebody's speaking British. I like Matt Damon American, with a mullet. French. The Matt Damon has a mullet. I he looks like a it. Logan Lucky extra. The, <laughs> the ac- only good part was J- J- Jodie Comer because she yes. can do no wrong in my book. And her part was the best part in the movie, which is the last half of the movie. And, and yeah. I was going to say, Jake. I think Jake had a really good point about you know not really having a recognizable recognizable celebrity in this movie does help it a lot it does make a lot of the stuff feel a lot better because that's where we started with this franchise no one in the original was a mainstream actor even when the second one came around bruce campbell wasn't that big of a deal if you want me to compare bruce campbell to anyone i would put him like nicholas cage levels if nicholas cage never got big and i mean that out of love and respect because i fucking love nicholas cage Bruce Campbell deserves so much more fucking work. And yeah, he got on a serialized TV show. He he, He does work, but not where he should. It was like when we did Eve's Bayou, I went on a tirade about Sam Jackson should have been a leading man because that was like the only movie I've seen him in where he was like given a leading man role and he's so fucking charming and handsome and he doesn't have to say motherfucker every five seconds for me to like hang on his every word but there's just some actors that like sam jackson like bruce campbell where like we like to see them and nick cage be goofy as shit and it is very entertaining but they have so much more potential and it is hard because people do get pigeonholed in hollywood especially and that, i mean yeah. that's what we're saying like we're not saying like oh whatever we're, we're saying because we love him right we're saying like mm-hmm. we wanted to see more of him and that was that was my problem is like i'd love to see him bruce in all kinds of more movies i think he ended up doing more tv and, and things like that yeah like yeah. burn notice stuff like that but it's like stuff like ev- that everything he's in we love i mean i don't know how you guys feel about bubba hotep but that's one of my favorite movies of all time. And it's like anything the guy touches is is usually something I love. So it's He's gold. very fucking charming. And he, so at the premiere, they had an audience member in the middle of their interview scream, this movie sucks. Yeah, and you know what Bruce Campbell did? He's like, well, you can't please everybody. And he just like very much let it roll off his shoulders. And then everyone else started cheering and they eventually booed him back into oblivion, whoever the <laughs> fuck that was. And then Rob Tabbert was like, yeah, alcohol didn't play a role at all in that whole thing. But, like, he's just very chill, and he recognizes that 
he will never not be Ash. Just like Car- like he somebody else was interviewing him and they were like, you know, Carrie Fisher said I'll always be Princess Leia and Carrie Fisher. I can't separate the two. It's good and bad. I think Mark Hamill's maybe one of the only people who really separated himself from his big character because he did so much voice work where it wasn't his face. And now we're like, oh, it's Mark Hamill. Um, Here's the thing with Bruce Campbell. I think the main reason, a big reason, why these films are such cult classics and why they stood the test of time is because Bruce Campbell, like you say, Katie, he's so likable. He's such a great guy. He's a wacky character. And I think his performance in these films, especially the old ones, like propelled, like, oh, my God, it made this charm to these movies. Like, wow, like these movies are so great. They're fun. And dare I say, this is my hot take. That's what that is what is missing with these newer films, because they're taking Mm. a more serious approach to it. They're making a like a, a Blumhouse approach to it. That's like, oh, it's like drive up uh, the supernatural horror elements of it, but remove the comedy aspect of it. And to me, I don't think the 2013 one, I mean, this is a great one too, but like Evil Dead Rises, I don't think we're going to be talking about it in 20 years time, as opposed to Army of Darkness, Evil Dead 2. I was actually going to ask, out of the franchise, where would where would y'all place this? Are we counting the TV series too? I, I would I would say no no just just the movies. I'm just curious um, where everyone would kind of register this. I I mm, I feel like because it was a little funner than Evil Dead 2013, I would put it above Evil Dead 2013, but okay. second to last. Um, what I about you, Brady? Yeah, and I was about to say I would probably agree too. The original, the original three are just so classic, and yes. I mean and they've got personality I, and heart. I've rewatched them multiple times. To be honest, I hadn't seen the 2013 one since I saw it in theaters, except for last week rewatching it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, when I watched it, I remember thinking, "Oh yeah, that was decent. I didn't hate it. I liked it." But then. To me, rewatchability is a big thing, and the fact that I never sought it out after all those years, I think, yeah. says a lot. I don't think this film. one has a ton of rewatchability either. I like that there's a new Evil Dead movie. I will go see it if it happens again. However, I could rewatch the other ones a thousand times. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think this one's more for like the hardcore crowd like the the terrifier 2 crowd or whatever <laughs> who who really get off on the on the on the gore and guts but i agree with armand where it's like just that bruce campbell spice is nice i mean army of I darkness i just had that smile on my face as he's killing skeletons and throwing it's out so the one liners yeah and uh but i mean like that's the thing though i don't necessarily think this movie was made for me I think it was made for the people who like 2013 and really like gore and blood. I will say something very interesting, though, also. So all of us that we talk about, we love these original movies. So we've seen the original movies first, or we grew up with them, or we saw them in college. So my husband's the reverse of that. So he saw the 2013 one. And then I felt him as a wife because I didn't realize until last week he had seen the three originals. Oh, yeah. And so the first one, he was like, yeah, I like it. That's cool. That's a cool old film. Even though, like, we thought it was funny that you could tell they're vomiting up milk a lot. Yeah. Um, 
But with the second and third, it was like a shock to the senses. He was like, what the hell is happening? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, shit, you don't realize they're comedies. Because, you know, there's a scene in part two where, like, the deer head's laughing and everything's laughing. Yeah. And he's like, That's I funny. feel like, he's like, I feel like I'm being drugged up right now. Yeah. And it's like, so it's very bit. interesting because I would imagine the hope for this franchise. So if you have a couple of teenagers going to see this movie and they, they they get really, like, interested and invested. And they're like, let's go back and watch the other Evil Deads. It really is going to be a shock to the senses when they see part two in Army of Darkness. Oh, yeah. 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 It's I mean, you could, bring up, you could bring up how some people probably reacted that were teenagers when the new Nightmare on Elm Street came out. Mm-hmm. Or, like, even yeah. the new Friday the 13th when that came out, mm-hmm. you know, in 2008, I think now, or 2009. Yeah. Which, by the way, I have to say, that is the, that that movie does have one of the most terrifying scenes out of any Friday the 13th, is because Jason runs in it. And yeah, I don't know why not. seeing Jason run makes me want to shit my pants more than any <laughs> other movie, because it's just like watching a linebacker run at you, but he has a machete, and you're just like, ah! <laughs> That's not fair. But it's true. It, like the opening of that Friday Thirteenth is of that Friday Thirteenth is like the best scene in that movie. I mean, it, to me, I still vividly remember him taking that like sleeping bag and bashing it against the tree. Like I'm like That's, that shit stays yeah. with you. So. Or like or yeah. the in I remember in that opening the person he throws in the fire in the sleeping yes. bag or yeah. like the bear the bear trap he throws at someone in that opening. It's like. Man, if y'all had kept this tone the entire movie, it actually would have worked because it was modernized, but it still had those like over the top kills. And that's that's kind of my issue with this Evil Dead is it doesn't do anything so over the top that it doesn't do anything that's originally over the top. Yes, that scene where she's yeah. eating glass is creepy and it's spooky and it's it's probably the most effective scene in the movie besides the intro. But it can't decide what it wants to be. It can't decide if yeah. it wants to be a modern horror movie or go to the past. And it feels like it's just in a weird time void. Exactly. It, yeah, and- I think that's the problem. And I don't know if adding 30, you know, not 30 more minutes, but maybe 20 minutes of the runtime would help that if giving characters a little bit more depth would help. I know, you know, across the board, it's like they did a good job establishing it. You want to get to the monster in this movie, but the monster really, yeah, it does some cool manipulation stuff and there's some unique moments, but the monster just kind of feels like a normal fucking possession movie. It doesn't feel like a deadite. It doesn't feel like an mm-hmm. Evil Dead movie. It feels like a spec script for fucking the Pope's Exorcist. That movie that's out with uh with uh what's his face right now? Uh, uh I'm blanking on the guy's name. Russell yeah, Russell Crowe. Crow, the the Russell Crowe movie right part now. One. Yeah, it feels it feels like that. It feels just like it could be that. Like the mom's possessed and they send they send him in Russell Crowe in to save yeah, She kinda stays the same the whole time. Like yeah, you there's... Don't cut her limbs like if they had like cut her arm off and the arm had chased them around, that would have at least been a escalation. But it kinda just stays like she's just trying to get in, she's just trying to get in. Yeah. Oh, somebody else gets possessed. But Let then the right one in, right? Care of it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to make that oh, joke. But great. yeah, again, I think and going into my ranking I would probably go two, 
I like 2013 a lot. I like what Katie brought up with that one about how it felt like it had a purpose. I really like one, but I am also in the camp of with two being a film, one's kind of irrelevant. And I would probably put this one at four. I have not seen Army of Darkness, so I cannot rank that one fairly. I will go and say, hearing everything I've heard about it, it'll probably go above this one, obviously, and above one. But at the current moment, I would put this probably in dead last of the Evil Dead movies, because even though it's a good movie and it's a fine movie, it doesn't feel like an Evil Dead movie. They just attach the name as a familiar IP. Yeah. So with that, because we've got about 15 minutes left of recording with that, what would you guys rate it out of 10? Do you guys have an out of 10 rating for this movie? I would give it a solid seven because like Dalton said, like it has the ingredients of evil dead. And in my opinion, I think kind of makes something interesting because the director said in a new location, it's not a cabin in Michigan. It's in LA kind of like doing the scream six route where you just put it in a different environment. And now it's a different story, but you still have the set pieces of an evil dead I just wish it was more campy to be true to the name of Evil Dead. It's just yeah. it's taking itself too seriously. And to be to be like a Sam Raimi movie, it has to be some sort of campiness to it. And I just think that's, that's the key ingredient that's missing. And I mean, it's still, it's still a great movie. I think it was fine. But I don't think it's a Evil Dead movie. So, seven out of ten for me yeah i mean i kind of agree with with armand on that it's like seven seven and a half ish eight but like i just still don't feel like it's fair because i don't really know if it was made for me like i really like army of darkness that hits the spot and i feel like i'm kind of you know i'm speaking from a weird place because i feel like someone who enjoys more hardcore horror would be like jake you're an idiot this is a masterpiece it's a nine out of ten <laughs> But I was never bored. I was thoroughly entertained. I enjoyed all the performances. And, like, that's the thing. I know how the sauce is made a lot of times. And there was... There, mm. uh, and I I wasn't in how... Like, I wasn't in I know how they do that mode. It pulled me out. Which I will say, most movies nowadays, I have a hard time with that. Where I'm like, oh, how did they rotoscope that? Or like, oh, yeah, they did this <laughs> with that. But it, it pulled me enough in. So, yeah, it, it's a good movie. So I, I recommend people see it. But just know that it's... It's hardcore. It's dark. <laughs> yeah. For me, I'm probably going to have a lower score. I would probably give it a six to a six and a half. I did walk out of the theater feeling kind of pumped, kind of great. But the more we've discussed, the more we've talked about this, it's helped me kind of deconstruct this movie. It's almost like putting it in a wood chipper at the end of, <laughs> of being able to cool. kind of being able to pick apart this movie it feels like an amalgamation of everything, like this creature we see at the end. It feels like an amalgamation of everything that could make a great Evil Dead movie, but it's not fully baked. You, you're getting a cake that you stick the toothpick in and it's just a little dirty. It's just not there. It needs a little bit more something, and I couldn't tell you what it is. I don't know if it needs more of a Deadite transformation scene or more gore. Or just 
more set pieces even i mean i i know that we are confined in this building and i know the originals did a really good job confining it but this building i know it's condemned this condemned old apartment slash bank you don't get a lot of that in the original it felt like you were in the woods you felt the scope and the area they were in and this one it's like one floor and then the basement and that's all you really get and i think like i said i I would give it a six to six and a half it's not an awful movie by any means but it's not an evil dead movie and i agree with a um i agree with the point that was made earlier that in 20 years in shit in two years are we going to hear people talk about this movie are people going to go oh yeah i remember evil dead rise it's my favorite evil dead movie there's going to be those weird people but i don't think (laughs) it's going to ever surpass the originals or even that 2013 remake i think the 2013 remake it's not talked about as much but it's a solid film yeah I I myself gave it a 7 out of 10 because I enjoyed the experience of watching it, but I can't see myself, you know, reach like checking it out on HBO Max in a month to be like, oh, I can't wa- wait to rewatch it because there are movies that I want to watch. How did they come up with it? How did they how did they make that happen? Like, was there a deeper meaning in it? I got the deeper meaning the first time I watched it, you know, yeah. and there's like some movies where like. I wanted to watch it a second time because I just want to know what else were they thinking or like, how did they do this? And I didn't really have those questions. It's a good solid one-time watch. I will give it. Yeah. And I want it to be more campy. I, I miss the camp after rewatching all of the evil dead movies and franchises. I think the thing that makes it special is the camp, but it's still scary, but it's campy, you know? Yeah. So that's my, what about you, Britt? I was about to say, I, much like everyone else, I would rate it between a seven and a seven and a half, if I'm being kind. What I do like about it, it was entertaining. So the entire movie, I wasn't bored. My eyes were glued to the screen. But I think there's something to be said. If you're in a full theater and no one is screaming and no one is laughing, there's probably an issue with the film. And there was, this is, this is a horror film and we weren't really seeing an audience react to it. And I do think... There's an issue there. Because visceral shit it. happens in this movie. Yeah. Well, it's also like, you know, people feed off each other. And so, like, it's, I feel like I laugh easier when I'm in a theater with other people. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm at home, I'd be like, hmm, that's funny. Yeah. But I may hysterically laugh if other people are laughing. Yeah. And when you don't feel like that energy running through the audience, I think there's, I think that says something about the film overall. But what I do like about it, it's a quick, watch it's fun it's entertaining and i think it set out what it it meant to which was just to be entertaining did anyone else come up with a grindhouse girls rating rated g for rated g for let let me think hold on i may graders (laughs) yeah that's all i can think of i wanted to be cheese chainsaw that's yeah (laughs) i uh that's what mine was was ready to see for chainsaws cheese graters and carnage oh hey that's a good one that's a good one i had e for eyeballs elevators and evil dead yeah i like the c one though yeah Yeah, i like the the, the c one's good so before we all leave do you guys want to plug anything y'all are cooking in the works if you want to check me out i 
am on TikTok under the tag Infernal Anatomy and on YouTube under the tag Infernal Anatomy. Um, I post gaming content um, and every now and then some movie related stuff, but I am mostly gaming stuff. So if you come there for movie stuff, I apologize in advance. Armand? Well, if you'd like to hear more of me, you can uh, check me out on my film podcast, The Syndicate. Um, that's C-I-N-E-D-I-C-A-T-E, uh, where you can find myself talking about a whole bunch of different movies, diving deep. The movie that we always select is always the excuse for the um, for the conversation. So it's always a great time. Katie and Britt has been on twice. A, so yeah, if you'd like one. to hear more. Check me out there. And also, thank you to Armand for helping us figure out uh, an alternate to our technical yes. difficulties. The, the MVP of the today. evening. Absolutely. Jake? Oh, uh, very cool. Yes, my big project that I'm still putting out there. Please check out my film, Clay Zombies, on Tubi. Yeah! Uh, Plex, Zumo. It's on all kinds of things. It's on mm-hmm. Amazon and I on Apple TV, too. But please don't pay. Just go to Tubi. And I'm working on a Clay Zombies Christmas special coming out yeah in december love to love to come back and talk with you guys about that closer to christmas and that's it for me but really appreciate you the invite and talking with evil dead with you guys yeah it's a really good time yes thank you you guys have been lovely you guys have all been very big supporters of the podcast and we love having you guys on and being on your respective stuff and we appreciate all three of you coming on and discussing a, a new movie we don't always discuss the new ones but this one seemed too perfect not to discuss um and thank you guys thank you listeners for listening we really appreciate how our small little family grows a little bit every week yeah i appreciate it do we want to announce what next time's episode was did we figure it out no. we both completely <laughs> forgot that either one of us was going to do it so maybe we should ask our guests to choose what movie we should do next that may be good too do you guys have a movie you guys want us to you all want us to review next well Uh, you know i'm always gonna say the velocipaster (laughs) oh yeah okay so Hmm. we got a velocipaster our Um, editor has been trying to get us to do more like bihar film have you seen the black Uh, coat's daughter yeah we did that one yes Mm mm-hmm it's great. It's great. Oz it Perkins. Is, it, yeah, it's Oz Perkins. Ha, did you got you guys did House, right? Yeah, House. House? Yes. House? Okay, good. I, I was double checking. I couldn't remember off the top of my head. Perfect Blue. <laughs> oh, yes. Perfect Blue Perfect is, Blue is one of our favorites. Perfect Blue yeah. is one of the amazing. It's my little brother's absolute favorite movie. He's supposed to come on with us. But he's been busy when we do it. But it is it is streaming on Shutter if you want to watch it again. You could also do a movie that uh, Joe Bob Briggs did last year called Black Sunday. Oh yeah, I do know about it. I don't yeah. think I've ever watched. Uh, it It is Black on Sunday. Shutter, so if you want to watch that one, that would be one I would recommend. It's actually pretty fucking metal for a yeah, movie that came out in the 1960s. It is metal as fuck. The only our so our editor Ryan suggested us do Cube. And we were, it is streaming currently. That was the other one we were thinking about doing. Have you guys seen Cube? No. Do Halloween no, 3. <laughs> hey, we'll do that for Halloween. Yep. We kind of did that this year. We went, we did a lot of Halloween movies. I'm like genuinely Halloween just day. looking through my list real quick to see if there's anything that I have that I could just recommend off the top of my head. And I genuinely cannot. I mean, if. I don't know. Did you guys do Nope when it released? 
No. We didn't. It is streaming. It now. is streaming. Yeah. There you go. It is streaming. Uh, you can. Yeah. Orphan First Kill is also on Prime Video. <gasps> oh, wait. Have you seen Orphan First Kill yet? I have not. It is genuinely terrible. In so, a good way. So there you go. There's a there's a so, corny slasher. Do you want to do a corny slasher? We could. Let's do Orphan First Kill. There you go. I don't know which one of us Jake, is choosing. I'm still it. I'm still rooting for Velocipaster. <laughs> I mean, I, I still want to do Velocipaster. Maybe Jake, you come on and we'll do Velocipaster. Oh, that would be fun, That'd Jake. Be come back. Yeah. yeah. That is like one that has been on my radar for B movies because right. I do collect terrible movies. But we know everyone's about to go. Thank you so yeah. so so very much for giving Thank us you. uh, your guys' time and your night. Thank you so guys for fun. having me. Oh, thank you all for coming on. And everyone is always welcome. Again, just let us know when you're available because we love having guests, and this was yeah. super fun. Yes. It was, yeah. and and we love everyone listening. We love everyone here. Thank you so much. Take care of yourselves. Yeah. Uh, wash your hands. Take your vitamins. <laughs> be kind to everybody. And spay and neuter your pets. Yes. Spay and neuter your spay pets. And neuter Absolutely. Your pets. So you should. You really, really should. And give them. And hugs. don't play records that you don't know where they came from. Damn it. Fuck right. no. <laughs> See I don't care if the book looks cool. Don't don't open it. <laughs> no. Take care of yourself. All right. Each other. We look forward to seeing you next time. Same spooky time. Same spooky channel. Stay, Stay spooky, spooky, y'all. Bye. Bye. Grindhouse Girls Podcast is a production by Katie Dale and Britt Ray. Our editor is N.R. Moody. All music used is royalty-free and can be found in our annotations. You can follow us on all of our socials. And if you have any comments, questions, or just want to say hey, our email is contactus at grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening.